and welcome to a special episode of Up The Villa podcast. Firstly, if you're new to the channel, please drop the channel a like and subscribe as it really does help. I am pleased today to welcome Warwickshire and England all-rounder, Ashes winner, double World Cup champion and the player of the series from this summer's Ashes. And a man regarded as, and I can confirm this, one of the nicest men in cricket. And he loves the Ted Spuds as well. So, Chris, the Wizard Wokes, welcome. Thanks, mate. Thanks, mate. Thanks for having me on. It's uh, that's, that's a right. nice welcome. That's a nice welcome. Right. It's been a long time coming, mate. We've been trying to get you on for about 12 months and uh, you've been yeah. keep buggering off playing cricket all over the world. I know, you know, I know. The day job gets in the way, doesn't it? But um, no, yeah. I'm glad that I've been able to finally get on. Um, obviously, I did say I'd get on and then I felt bad because it had been so long, mate. But um, what a time to come well, on. Look, though. We've, uh, yeah. we've picked a good time, I reckon. That's it, mate. We've waited till the peak moment to get you on, you know. And you, I exactly. suppose you did that. You was a little bit busy in the summer with the Ashes, so. But we'll get on to cricket in a bit. I thought yeah. we'd start with your one true passion, like mine, uh, Aston Villa. So, uh, first question, Chris, is: Are you yeah. looking forward to Villa winning the Premier League? <laughs> mate, I'm trying not to talk about it. Honestly, <laughs> it, it, it's one of them, and you don't want to jinx it. But like every time at the minute, obviously we're doing really well. We're playing well. We're winning. It's just like we can't, can we? Can we? I think we can. You know, we talk about it a lot, obviously, on the pod. Um, yeah, and I, 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 we, we're at a point now. I think with Villa, and I don't know how you feel about it, is that it, it, you almost look more stupid if you don't say we can win it now because we yeah. are now universally regarded as a very, very good side. So are you enjoying, obviously, watching currently at the moment, watching the side? You're obviously, I mean, yeah. I'll just tell everyone, you are currently in the West Indies playing yeah. for England yeah. cricket. So are you managing to catch up with the games over there? Yeah, so I managed to watch the... Um, I arrived on the... I think it was on the Friday night and we had... We just had the City game on the Wednesday, which I managed to, to go to, which was amazing. And then um, I flew out on the Friday, arrived late on the Friday and obviously we played Arsenal on the Saturday and yeah. uh, managed to, to get a hold of um, the Villa game in a, in a sports bar and it, again just couldn't really believe what I was watching obviously very different performance wasn't it compared to absolutely uh, yeah, yeah, yeah but again to beat those those two in the space of a week was just just incredible so yeah I've been trying to keep hold of it obviously keeping on the games yesterday I followed the um, we flew from where did we fly from? We flew from Grenada to Trinidad yesterday, whilst the, the first half life, was up. And, uh, and um, as soon as we landed, I was like, get my phone on, check the score. Yeah, yeah. And then obviously we conceded in that at the end of the first half. But what a turnaround again, second half. To, I followed it on Sky Sports app. And um, yeah, just amazing, really. It sounded absolutely utter chaos that second half yesterday. But finding ways yeah, to win, which game. is just, just brilliant. Is there any City, Arsenal or... Um... Or if, like other fans in, in the in the group, I'm not. Um, sure. I was trying to think earlier. Well, it, it, it... Yeah, in this in this one day group, there's um, Moen Ali's a, a big Liverpool fan. So, um, but then also he's he, he probably wouldn't say it out loud, but his second team would probably be Villa with him being a, a Birmingham lad. He's got to be being uh, a bear, hasn't he? Yeah, exactly. So um, he he's quite enjoying seeing Villa do well, um, but he's not shouting about it too much, obviously. Um, but there's, um, I was just thinking, is it nice having like bragging rights for once at the like, being yeah, no, mate, within the honestly, group? It's amazing, it's amazing, it's so nice to be able to, you know, be in that conversation for a change. But yeah, there's yeah. not many glory hunters, to be fair. There's a few United fans, there always is, isn't there? But, um, uh, you know, they're not even in the equation at the minute, mate, to be brutally honest. 
Did you take your Villa top out with you? Have you been wearing it for wearing it for uh, breakfast? You know, doing the good no, old British thing. I tell you what, the amount of Villa shirts that I've seen out here is a joke. Um, really? To be fair, we 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 well, um, you know, we always get get around, don't we, as brothers? So um, it's been nice to see a few Villa shirts being worn out in the windies, yeah. Yeah, it's nice. I think it just shows the the, the growth of the club, really, because that's obviously an aspiration for the club is to be a worldwide brand now. And so yeah. for you to be saying like Villa shirts are popping up all over the West Indies, then it just shows that the Premier League is a massive thing, isn't it, all over the world? So if we can be continue where we go in this pathway, then we're only going to grow and grow, aren't we? Um, Absolutely. How did Absolutely. you first start following the Villa, Chris? Because yeah, I know you're a local well, lad, to sort of sort of yeah. Coalfield area and Birmingham area. Yeah. Is it a family well, I mean, thing or? Yeah, that's it. My um, my dad really, mate. To be honest with you, my dad was a was a Villa fan from a very young age, um, and I kind of had no choice. There was no other option really in the house. It was like I was yeah. given a um, I was given I think it was ninety two ninety three season. I was given the kind of yearly annual sort of um, videotape VCR sort of as yeah, a Christmas yeah, yeah. present. And I watched that on repeat for for years, mate. And that's all I remember. I just remember Daley Atkinson's goal. Was it against? Um, it was Wimbledon against Wimbledon. Wimbledon. I was um, at that game. With the, um, with the umbra- Were you at that game? Yeah. With the umbra- I was at that game yeah, in the stand. Um, Funny story. That, that umbrella. Was now, it? that chap who, who ran on with the umbrella, we was at the next away game. I think it was Sheffield Wednesday away, myself and my brother. And he was sat behind us. And was he was it? the miserably sod I ever, honestly. <laughs> we was all standing up trying to watch the game. And he kept saying, sit down. But yeah, yeah. Some yeah. iconic games in, in that yeah. sort well, of thing. Yeah, I just remember watching that... that um, that video on repeat for, for, for years and until I finally got down to Villa Park. But yeah, my, my old man was a was a big Villa fan and um used to jump over the wall and, and get in for the final twenty minutes of games and stuff down at down at Villa Park. So I had no choice, mate, which is which is nice. Fair play. So, so being obviously a, a top sportsman that you are, I know you won't blow your own trumpet, so I'll blow it for <laughs> you. Being one of the best cricketers you know, we've had for for many, many years and for a, such a prolonged period. I know that the lads I went to school with that were good sportsmen were very good at other sports. And I know, if I've got this correct, you actually was yeah. a trainee with Warsaw as a winger, was you? That's that right, true? mate. Yeah, that's right. I mean... Um, so how close was you to a footballing career and what made you choose the cricketing pathway? I mean, to be, yeah, to be honest, I, I love... I mean, football's still my passion, mate. Honestly, it really is. Um, I love watching the Villa and... Um, love watching any football to be fair but um, as, a, as a kid yeah football was number one and then cricket kind of came second until I was about probably 13, 14 I started getting better at, uh, at cricket and got offered onto the academy at, um, at Warwickshire and at the time I was on Walsall's books as well playing football and um, I don't know I just, I just got say again was you a tricky winger or fullback yeah, well was to your be position? fair I was, I was always I was always a centre midfielder and um I then got pushed Douglas out Louise. the wing. Yeah, like a yeah, Dougie Louise or a Bubakar Kamara. But um it just I don't know, I, I just my, my cricket was going was going a lot better at that age and my yeah. my football I probably didn't grow as, as quick as some of the other lads and was getting a bit bullied on the on the field to be fair from a from a football perspective. So it was a fairly easy decision for me and um I just went down the cricket route and you know, I look back at it now and think my my old man was so good with it because obviously you know, you do get a lot of pushy parents, don't you, when it comes to sport? Yeah. My dad was great. He kind of just said, look, the decision's yours. We'll back you whatever you want to do. And um, I, I pushed the cricket side of things and I just felt like it was a weight off my shoulders. And my old man always says, yeah. he said, when you said that to me, he said, I knew you'd make the right decision. So, um, yeah, the rest is history, mate. And that's how it's turned out, isn't it? You've done all right in your cricket career. Yeah. <laughs> I, think yeah. it was a I, good wouldn't, I wouldn't change it now, that's for sure. 
No. So, so going back to sort of your early days following the Villa, what can you remember your first time you went down Villa and like what yeah. was your favourite sort of team and, and an era of going down? Yeah, I, I, I've still got a, a big passion for for my teenage years because obviously I was just I was there religiously. I had a season ticket throughout probably from when I was about fifteen through to to, to eighteen, um, which was kind of a turnover. It was it was mainly. Um, Martin O'Neill era, but yeah. prior to that, you know, my first my first experience down at Villa Park was I'd have only been about six or seven, maybe seven or eight. I remember the, the game vividly. Um, my uncle took me down, and um, I think I was just more interested in the in you know in the shouting from the crowd, the the, the swear words, swear that sort of stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah, standard um, kid. But I remember that. Don't tell your mum when you get home. Exactly, exactly <laughs> that. And I remember the game. It was Derby County at home. Roughly ninety six, ninety seven, and um, Julian Chiochim and Dwight York, I think, scored our goals. And um, I think from that moment, from seeing Villa Park, up, you know, close and personal, yeah. it was just kind of that moment that kind of. I, at that moment, I knew I was going to be a Villa fan for the rest of my life. It just walking out, and seeing, you, seeing Villa Park. I, I totally get it. Once I think you get somebody into the stadium and they haven't properly yeah. had an allegiance to a club, and yeah. then that atmosphere and the, the teams walk out and you, you experience it. I think it's very hard to not fall in love, isn't it? And, and like, you're yeah. like me, you know, and like many people that once you've got that love, it's very hard to, to yeah. sort of stay away from it. Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, there's been so many, you look over the years and, um, you know, I'm guessing you, 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 you'll be similar, but you kind of, there's so many areas that you kind of go through, don't you, with different managers and different players. Yes. That, it's hard down, to, yeah. to nail down one, but you know there's, there is something. I did love that that era through, um, you know, of, of Martin O'Neill, um, and then I really loved. Although we weren't a great side, we obviously being down in the championship, but I loved Dean Smith being in charge with him being yeah. a local local boy, and uh, that kind of hits home, doesn't it? You know, the fact that he kind of yeah. managed to get us back in the Premier League and where we belong, I suppose. But yeah, and and now obviously the Emery era is just, I mean. At the minute, obviously, we're on a massive high, but the way yeah. it's going, I can only see success for the club, which is amazing. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, really. Dean, I mean, I go back to Graham Turner and Graham Taylor was my first sort of yeah. era, but I do agree that, that the Dean Smith era was the spark that reignited the club uh, that yeah. was needed very much so now. And, uh, you know, and even looking back to, to when we lost the playoff final against Fulham, yeah. you know, that now has yeah. become a huge turn in fact two games against Fulham that the player final loss and then the yeah. drubbing that Gerard had in his last game against Fulham you know two yeah. really critical games but yeah I would, I would echo what you're saying really De- Dean Smith will always be regarded for me as a, a Villa sort of man- manager of, of you know huge regard um, yeah. so who yeah. who would be your favourite player yeah you, if I had you know, to we've all got one. the obvious ones yeah. but if I had to give one and this is just again, I was just a massive fanboy at the time, but Juan Pablo Angel was my favourite. Um, Luke, yeah. Luke will absolutely love you. He's <laughs> absolutely on board with Juan Pablo yeah. Angel, honestly. I, know, I, I absolutely loved him. Like, genuinely had posters of him on my wall and stuff, which is a bit embarrassing, but literally loved him. Not at all. Um, Nothing beyond me. <laughs> yeah, but um, I had, who else was one of my favourites? Martin Larson, Olaf Melberg. Yeah. Um, you know, I had Dwight York. He broke my heart when he went to when he went to United. I had York ten on the back of my shirt, and I remember being on the summer holidays, and I was getting abuse from like other 
other lads for saying, oh, he's not, he's not a bidder anymore. What, how do you feel wearing that on your shirt and stuff? And I was like, it just, it ruined me. But um, he was, he was a, you know, a big bit of legend as well for me. So um, just because I think when I first started watching, he was there, you know, and obviously he was one of our big players. But yeah, yeah. those are the names really that which stand out. Who's yours? Just who's your, your favourite? Uh- I mean, I, I have to, I have to still say Paul McGrath. I mean, that's just, yeah. just because of the absolute legend that he, you know. I've yeah. met him a couple of times. Lucky enough to get to like when he does talks and stuff. Um, yeah. But I love to see Cowan's. Uh, you know, as a player, was just ridiculous. You know. Yeah. There's been so many to be honest, and what's nice now is a lot of the younger fans that haven't really experienced the highs of you know even back to the sort of the early nineties when we won the two league yeah. cups. They're yeah. now starting to see what Villa can be, you know, yeah. challenging yeah. up the top. When I was a kid, this was regular for us. You know, we was regularly in the top six of the Premier League and, and yeah. we were better than Arsenal, better than Chelsea. Chelsea wasn't even thought about when we were yeah, yeah. when I was a kid. So to see the, the, the revival and now I can definitely see the players that we've got now are going to be legends of Vaston Villa. Yeah. You can see so yeah. many of them. They're so good. Um, I mean, so can you imagine, when, I was just going to say, can you like being a young lad now coming to Villa Park and seeing this for the first time it's just what what a time to be coming into like being a Villa fan and being born into this era totally agree yeah I mean my next sort of question was last season when when Gerard went and Emery came in what were your sort of thoughts about him when he when he got the job did you know much about him was you sort of prepared for for the, well I don't think any of us were prepared for what yeah. happened after that but we, we you know what was your thoughts when we appointed him and and sort of going the first sort of six months of last season yeah I mean I certainly didn't obviously anticipate how you know how we're playing at the minute and where we kind of we are in the league and stuff but only good things were obviously said about him in terms of you know his his record and you know, there was a lot of talk around him taking teams that were kind of at Villa's level and, and kind of making them better, um, which obviously boded well for us. Um, I was still a little bit kind of just a bit shell-shocked as to where we were with, with Gerard because we were just didn't really have any character, did we? We didn't have any sort no. of, you know, Idea. philosophy or, yeah, identity or, or anything. Absolutely, it was just a bit, yeah. a bit nothing, but... Um, which is a shame because I mean Gerard as a player for me at my age growing up he was one of you know legends yeah. of, of football and was kind of desperate for him to do well but you know it clearly didn't and you know he had to move on and I'm glad the owners you know which you know we are very lucky to have as well aren't we you know should be speaking a lot about them how good they've been as yeah, well absolutely um, yeah. but yeah I, I don't think I could anticipate the way it's gone I think it was always going to be a better move and a move in the right direction but. Just couldn't anticipate, mate, for him to to have had the twelve months that that he's had. And I mean, what what a man! Literally, what a man! <laughs> I just love him. Is, Absolutely love it him. It is ridiculous. Just, just just going on to that. Is there any sort of crossovers with with sort of Warwickshire and, and Villa players? Do you know any of the players? And do you sort of do you hear any sort of things going on about how? how they feel and the players are feeling about what's going on and the way they're talking about the sort of the manager and the club now. Yeah, I, I don't, to be honest with you, Justin, I actually don't have any sort of like, you know, inside gossip to the dressing room or, or know any players that well. I, I know Jacob Ramsey went to the same school as me. So yeah. kind of, you know, in, in the modern world, I'm kind of social media friends with, with, with him. So to yeah, speak. yeah, yeah. Um, and and similar with, with Jack, actually. I, I did an interview with Jack before in the season that he was, it's probably his last season with, with Villa. Um, yeah. 
so again i wouldn't say i'm, I'm close to close to these guys no. but you know kind of know them and would, would say hello sort of thing but um i think just from from what i've heard and and it's more through the grapevine you've probably heard just as much as me it's just more yeah. i think the players are kind of realized that, that, that they're building this sort of togetherness and um also it's more like a I suppose that they're they're happy to go through the high yards. They're clearly being coached. Do you know what I mean? Like as a as a group of professional yeah. players, they're being coached, which is still you know I think and I'm, I'm talking from a, a professional cricketer's point of view here, not a footballer's. But when you yeah. get a manager or a coach that comes in and has a clear sort of conviction as to how he wants to play, you kind of you buy into it, and it, it's clear that the players are, are bought into what Emery wants to do, isn't it? Which is I think as a well, manager, it's the hardest thing to do, I think, is to get players. Massively. Uh, yeah, sorry, Chris, to quite have you. Um, what, we'll go on to talk about cricket in a bit. But one of the things that I noted towards the end of last season was the impact that Unai Emery had on the team. Because if you look, essentially, he inherited that team and he never had, he had one or two, didn't he, players in January. And he got the most out of that bunch. Now, you look at the, the transformation in the test team, yeah. when McCullum yeah. and Stokes took over, yeah. which was essentially the same team that hadn't won in, yeah. what was it, 15? One win in 15 yeah. well, test matches? Going one, in, one in 15 or 17 or something like that. Up to when um, we played in the West Indies and Joe decided to step down. Yeah. And then we get a new coach and a new manager and they just went in with this brand new, fresh, clear identity of how to play. Yeah. And that's not knocking the previous test you know, Silverwood. And it just sparked and it went and it was all, yeah. everybody bought in immediately. So the parallels between what happened at Villa with Emery and what happened with the test side uh, and, and yeah. Brendan McCullum, would you agree with that? Uh, would you agree with that? I must say you, you played yeah. in that one side, so you, you yeah. best to serve some, to, to, to sort of comment. There's some clear sort of, I suppose, you know, crossovers, definitely. Um, you know, the way um, Brendan and Stokes, you come in and, I think it's the character of the pair that kind of, because it takes balls and takes guts to be able to go into a, a group of players and say, right, this is how we're going to play. We're going to stick to it. We're going to give it a good go at it. Um, and, you know, it's easy to, and, and naturally as human beings, it's easy to sit on the safe side, isn't it? And not have too much risk, you know, sit on the cautious side of things. Um, and unfortunately, that's where we've got to, I think, as a team. We were just being too cautious, too safe. Yeah. Um, you know, and Brendan Stokesy with naturally with that's the way they are as characters live life on the on the edge sort of thing it's like <laughs> we're going to play this way we're going to stick to it we're going to buy into it if you don't want to do it you're not going to play simple as that yeah um and i think you know it it meant that not only the guys were willing to buy in they were also told that they were going to give players a good go at it as well you know in terms yeah. of a selection point yeah, of view, yeah. you know you're going to get consistency in selection um, you know, it's not, you're not going to get dropped after a couple of bad performances. You know, we realise this might take a little while to to come good. Um, well, they, they took failure. Out, they, they took failure out of the. Uh, you know, I'm not saying it was failure is not probably not the right word, but that what they said was if you did fail in one or two or three innings, you wasn't going to yeah. be forget about yeah. it. And, and yeah. I think 
Emery sort of did that when he first came in. You know, a lot of mistakes were made because we changed the philosophy and the way yeah. we played out from the back. And and we saw, you know, I'm sure he was at Villa Park many times when we start when he first arrived, and everybody was worried to death when that the ball was getting played around the back yeah. and the odd pass <laughs> went astray, and we conceded Hockey, from it. Yeah, but but Emery decided that. This is the way we play, and he backed his players after the game. You know, this is how we're going to yeah. play. They're going to get used to it, and they adapted very, very quickly. Would you agree as well? To- totally agree, mate. I, th- I think that's the most impressive thing for me is how he's taken a group of players that were clearly probably, you know, a little bit lacking a bit of confidence, um, weren't playing, you know, great football under Gerard, and then kind of took took hold of, as you said, pretty much the same eleven. And clearly coach them a different way of playing, which I, I just you have to admire it, don't you? Because like you said, there's Absolutely. times where you thought, God, is this gonna work? It doesn't look great, mm-hmm. you know, we're conceding goals where you you know, you're trying to play out from the back. And, you know, to be able to stick to that and stick to your guns and have the balls to continue to play it and also trust the players to be able to kick on and, and improve. Yeah. You know, that that's something special and I think it shows that, you know, as a clearly he's a good technical coach and, you know, can you know, develop people's skills, but also as a man manager, he's obviously doing something right as well. Absolutely. So be, before the season started, what were your sort of hopes before we kicked the ball? What was your, I mean, I, I predicted third at the start of the season on our part. Did you? That's looking Did like you? a good prediction at the moment. What were yeah, your thoughts yeah, before you, we started? Yeah, I mean, you've, you've shot for the stars there, haven't you? It's going well. well but I said seventh I, last year and I got that right, so I'm hoping I'm yeah, going to be pretty close yeah. this year. Well, I, I, I sat on the fence, really. I said, with us being yeah. in this European competition, I thought if we finished anywhere near where we did last year, it would be a good yeah. result. Um, and be you know, fair, yeah, I think. Then, yeah, I, I think majority would have probably said fair as well, but, you know, you get to this point of the season now, don't you, where we've, you know, we're not far of Christmas and we're sat joint second. It's like, Oh, where where can we finish? You know, I mean, I, I I really do hope it could be a year like, you know, like Leicester had. But no one wants I to mean, say the got, L word, do they? <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Who knows? Who knows? Let, let, we can always uh, we can always hope. Absolutely. So, so next thing is, what what are your hopes for the rest of the season? What what do you think this team can achieve? Yeah, well, I think there's there's two camps, isn't there? And I'm probably sat in not the camp with, that, that you are just in. I know you'll be in the camp where it's like... I'm the glass three-quarters full camp. <laughs> yeah, it could be the year that, um, you know, it happens and um, and it's, it's it's a Leicester season. Or, you know, I'm looking at it kind of maybe a bit more from a realist point of view and thinking, you know, if we could finish in the top five would be, a, yeah. a, you know, incredible achievement. Obviously, top four would be, you know, amazing with, with Champions League football. I mean, I just, I just dream of that that song being played at Villa Park on a Champions League night, you look at what Newcastle are doing at the minute and having those, those goosebumps nights with, yeah. you know, PSG, Dortmund, Milan, you know, the thought of getting in a group with, you know, obviously we've got to get there first, but getting in a group with like Real Madrid or something like that and seeing yeah, them yeah. at Villa Park would just be unbelievable. I, and something which I didn't think would ever, ever happen really. In my lifetime, no, uh, no I, I probably agree with you to be honest, especially looking back six, seven years ago when we were sort of championship yeah, side, exactly. 14, so, if I had to nail you, yeah, if I had to nail your to the to the mass now, where do you think we're going to finish? I think we're going to hold fourth. you to this. I won't hold you to I this. I think one. we're going to finish fourth, we're going to get in the fourth. top four. That's my I'll take that's fourth. my prediction. and can we win one of the cups as well? Do you think? <sighs> I, I think. I think we can. I still think we can win that that um, 
conference league. I really do. I really do. I think you know getting through that that group stage is probably. I'm not saying it's the hardest thing, but in terms of like, you know, the yeah. amount of games you play in that period of time, hopefully through that that harder bit from that point of view, um, I really think that we got a chance. So, but you know, there obviously is a couple of good teams in that in that comp, but uh, I think we can still win that as well. I do, I do. See, I what, think we can be, didn't... <laughs> finish fourth and win that. What I didn't tell you was I, I, I predicted third, and we're going to win the FA Cup and the Conference League. Oh, <laughs> imagine just, now if that really happens. Stuck. If you that happens and I haven't put a bet on it, I'm going to be gutted. I was thinking this oh, morning, mate, if I haven't odds, put a bet on that, I'll be gutted. The odds you'd have got on that accumulator would be ridiculous. So so the next question is, I'm putting you in the manager's seat now. January's approaching. Yeah. yeah. Do you buy anyone? And if you do, where do we strengthen? I mean, the obvious need? one is, uh, I think the obvious one's up top, isn't it? If we lose Ollie, we're going to be, you know, we're going to, we are going to be struggling. Um, and that's yeah. no, nothing against um, Duran, but, you know, for him to lead the line and, and Watkins not to be around would be, would be hard work. Regularly, yeah, not be a, not be a stronger team. But then also, you know, who do you go out and get in January to fill that void? You know, you, how oh, do you yeah. get a player that you, you pick up and whether it costs you a, a fortune or not is, they're going to probably if, you, if they're going to cost you a fortune, they're going to want to start. Yeah. And then if you you know if you get someone who's you know not going to be willing to to start and he's happy to start on the bench, they're not probably going to be that good. So it, yeah. it, it, it's a tricky, really tricky situation, I think, for Emily. But I think we just need to go and strengthen with a couple of couple of players, whether that be midfielders, the and depth defenders, of the squad, just, you just so you've got depth. You know, yeah. you've got a bench yeah, that yeah. you can rely on. Um, because there is no doubt. I mean, you look at what happened on on Sunday. You know, we've, we've, we're going to have a couple of uh, suspensions and things. You know, that's yeah. when you start wearing thin, don't you? And then you're only an injury away from from looking depleted. <laughs> so, just just yeah, I, 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 just I just think we need numbers. It doesn't really matter where. No, they are. I would totally totally agree with you. Um, you you know your stuff, Chris. You know, I've never in doubt to be honest. Um, but it's basically what we've been saying. You know, we, the squad was creaking on Sunday. You know, with a couple yeah. of players out yeah. injured, a couple of players suspended. We obviously the long term injuries added into that as well. Yeah. So I think quality depth players. You know, I think Longley uh, um, has been a good addition squad wise, um, and I think yeah. Zaniolo, while he's been a bit hit and miss. I do yeah. wonder whether uh, maybe another loan, if we can do that, can come in. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think, I think if we can do a big deal, they will. But apart from yeah. that, it's squad depth, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I think those, and, and like Zaniola's and keeping not, everyone fit. Not, yeah, absolutely. Which so far they've done pretty well. At, obviously, they, you know, they must be be doing well behind the scenes on that front. You know, the I can only say from from what and this and Premier League football teams are, are at a whole new level compared to what we are as an England cricket team. But the kind of the resource that they've got to, to look after yeah. players and, and, you know, recovery side of things is just on a whole new level. So I'm sure they're literally, you know, doing everything they possibly can from that side of things. And I'm sure it's another Have thing. Have you been to the training ground? Leave. So I, I have been to Bodymore Heath a few times. I actually used to know Alan yeah. Smith, who was a physio for a long, long time. Physio, yeah, yeah. Um, and unfortunately left a, a couple of years ago. I think it was when Gerard came in, actually. I think he moved yeah. him on, which is a shame because he'd been there for years. Um, and knew him really well, and he got us down to to use facilities occasionally and stuff. But I haven't been since they've kind of done the the rebuild, so um, it's supposed to be pretty 
pretty epic down there now. Have you been to to the under twenty three pitch yet? That's a fantastic. Um, Is that on no? Friday I haven't. Night. I haven't. Well, when you come back, I'll, I'll get yeah. your ticket. We'll go down if you fancy and watch yeah, yeah. the under twenty three. Yeah, it's a yeah. lovely stadium too. Um, yeah, it's got like one stand along the side, but the you know it's it's it, the, the facilities nice. are ridiculous to be honest. Yeah, it's whole new level, isn't it? So, I've finished the football chat for a bit, and we'll get on to a bit of yeah. cricket chat. My second okay. love, if you like, yeah. and uh, I've got a little bit of a reveal here. Look, this is oh, for the second nice. half. Second half <laughs> of the chat. Quality, quality, <laughs> love it. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I, I, I've look, been looking today at what, what to ask you, and I've got about 17,000 cricket questions, so <laughs> most of them will have to leave to you come for a spud, to be honest. But uh, I'm just going to go over the main ones that, that I think, because obviously we're a football podcast, but I know there's a lot of cricket fans that sort of watch us and follow me on Twitter yeah. as well that, that you know would be interested to hear some of this. So the, the, the most obvious one, you know what I'm going to say first, 2019 World Cup yeah. final. The greatest game of cricket I've ever had the privilege of watching. Yeah. Um, I went to a few games in that tournament. I went to the semi final at Edgebaston when you yeah. uh, helped obliterate the Aussies, which is always lovely to see. So, yeah. the final, what was it like? Just talk to me about that final. What the hell was that yeah. like? That, that I mean, experience the, like? The, the semi final. We could do what, just for it. Sorry, Chris. Sorry, just for, to cut over for sec, one second. Yeah. For people that don't follow cricket, I could talk for, and I'm sure Chris could talk for about six hours about this one game. So how he's going to sum up what this game? Go away and look at it, and if you don't know yeah. about it, but sorry, Chris, yeah. go on. No, incredible game of cricket, wasn't it? I, I mean, if I had the opportunity to replay the semi-final or the final again, I'd 100% choose the semi-final because it was just <laughs> a stress. lot less stress. A lot less stress. Yeah. Um, I mean, just comfortably the most stressful I've ever been, mate, to be honest with you, from a... Yeah. A match point of view, um, you know, naturally you're going to be nervous in a World Cup final, and once you get in the game, kind of, it looks after itself. It's another game of cricket, and you you get on with it. But um, just the way it kind of come to a close, mate, and no one could have ever written that script. You know, if you'd have written that script pre-game, no everyone would have laughed you, laughed you yeah. off, and, and just said, yeah, whatever, not in a million years. And for and it's not just that the, how the game sort of panned out from a scorecard point of view it's the way it unfolded wasn't it you know with Stokes getting caught on the road all the little things then, yeah when it hit road, his bat step, it went for the, the, the overthrows hitting his bat going for four you know the super over down to the last ball just you know and that's we were all you know I think all the players will, will agree you know although you're in the zone and you kind of get on with it yeah. it was comfortably be the most stressful any of the lads have been in terms of you know being on the pitch so Amazing to be a part of. Just grateful that we managed to get over the line because I don't know how we'd have come back from that had we not 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 no, won. You know, I, that, I feel so sorry for. So. Yeah, I do. I feel so sorry for New Zealand. One of my favourite uh, t- teams, yeah. cricket teams. They they always seem a fantastic bunch of blokes. I love Kane Williamson. He's such a magnanimous yeah. bloke. You know what he said after that game. You've got to hold your hands up and say fantastic. But well, I sat and watched on my settee. And I went from, we've won it, we've lost it. We've won it, we've yeah. lost it. We've won it, yeah. we've lost it. So the only other question about that I've got to ask you, and I think I'll probably know the answer to this, but was you ever in the conversation to bowl the super over? And would you have done <laughs> so, it if they'd have asked you to? Yeah, I always, I always get asked this question, Justin. So it's um, it's a weird one because had I obviously been asked to, to bowl it, obviously I would have bowled it. Absolutely. Yeah. No question about it. That's your forte it, though, isn't it? it Death bowling, yeah, well, exactly. Opening I mean, bowling, yeah. You know, had Joffre not not come into that side, I'm pretty sure 
Morgs would have knocked me on the on the shoulder and gone, "Well, see, you're bowling it," and I'd have been absolutely yeah. fine, no worries. Of course, yeah, yeah. you know, you'd be nervous, whatever. It's um, it is what it is. But I'd 100% agree to do it. But was I relieved when he tapped you off on the shoulder? <laughs> absolutely, mate. Absolutely. Where do you want me to field? I'll just go and stand over there. Yeah, precisely. (laughs) Precisely that. And, you know, I'm I'm more than happy to say there was definitely some relief there because, you know, credit to Joffrey, Boulder, you know, and over, which, you know, was was great. You know, obviously it went down to the wire, but, you know, naturally as a player, you, and this, you know, comes with with, with the job, you, you always obviously think of what could happen in terms of success and it could come off well, but you naturally think about the, the, the bad side of, of things yeah. as well and you know just delighted that that Joffre got us over the line because you know for a young lad to step up and do that was was pretty special as well but by the barest of margins by the barest of, barest margins. of what, margins what a bit of commentary that was as well <laughs> honestly i've got that on a t-shirt upstairs i bought it it's yeah. fantastic <laughs> yeah so I mean, I got. I say, I got so much to ask you, but we'll, we'll just see how time's going. Um, yeah. Again, that year, Headingley, August, Ashes. You're in the yeah. team when I'm going to say it. Probably the best test innings of all time happens. Absolutely. Ben Stokes, Absolutely. 135 not out, with Super Leachy on the other yeah. side. Got his specs on. What was that like sitting in the dressing room? Was you all sitting in your lucky positions? Did you not pretty, dare to move? Did... Pretty much, mate. Pretty much, mate. All I can recall about that sort of last half an hour or so was kind of I got in a routine of walking up to the viewing area in between balls, back down to watch the actual delivery on the TV. Um, there was a few of us in the dressing room. There was me. Uh, who else was there? I can't remember now. I think Jimmy was there. Me, Jimmy, and another was just like kind of sat in the same position in that in that dressing room watching it unfold. And I mean, I w- once I got out and obviously come back in and getting out is never a nice feeling. You come back in, you no. sit down, you spot, and you and you're just like, what the hell's just happened, sort of thing. You know, I've you know, I've either played a bad shot or you got a good ball or whatever it is. The emotion most of the time is still the same, as if to say, God, I wish I could have done this or I could have done that. You know, and you'd still be out there, um, and it's always could you, much better. Could, always, sorry, much could you out in the middle? Than yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, could can you remember how many we needed when you went in? Because uh, it was about I, I seventy-five, I, I think, when Leachy yeah, was in. I think last... when Leachy went in, it was about seventy odd. So I'm, I'm hazard a guess when I was in, it was probably about a hundred odd. Yeah, roughly. And when you went out to bat, you obviously must have thought, right? I'm gonna, I'm gonna be the man that's gonna. Because I yeah. know, I think Leachy's on record as saying when he got to the middle, Stokes was just glazed over. Yeah, just, and he just glazed over, went, yeah. I'll just let you crack on, boss, and you crack on yeah. with it. Was he like Very that much. when you went out? Was he just like, uh, zone, I'm in the zone? I've never known a player like Ben Stokes for being in the zone when he's when he's on it. Yeah, I think when I went out there, he was kind of still probably pretty pretty chilled. I think he was kind of, at that point, he wasn't going bananas, if that makes sense. He was still kind of back yeah, yeah, fairly yeah going yes. about his business building his innings sort of thing um, and it wasn't until we kind of lost a couple quick ones until he started kind of putting putting the accelerator down and playing the way he does when he you know he just goes nuts and plays the most outrageous shots and that's when he kind of gets in the zone his eyes go and he's just kind of purely in the in the moment and focused but um, you know for him to do what he did that day honestly is remarkable and I always look back at it and think 
you know, what an innings, incredible. But some of the shots that he played during that innings, kind of probably the shots that actually go on a little bit unnoticed because obviously he hit loads of sixes, but some of the fours that he yeah. hit down the ground and, you know, yeah. not many players. In fact, there's actually no players can play shots like that. And we, no. you got to remember, this was against the Aussies. This was against Stark, Hazelwood, yeah, Cummins, yeah. Nathan Lyon. Probably the best yeah. bowling attack that's graced the test game in the last 15 years, you know, 10 years. So, just remarkable what he, what he did that day. Literally incredible. The way he was farming the strike and taking yeah. twos and, well, he was basically, he was dealing in twos, fours and sixes, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, he, he was just so, taking so, the so, best attack in the world. <laughs> which is which is always lovely to see, especially when it's Australia. Yeah, I can exactly. say that. Uh, so, would you say if that was the best test innings of all time, the Jack Leach one not out was the second best test innings of all time? Comfortably <laughs> the best one not out I've ever seen. Put it that way. The best one that I, of all time, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think it's more the fact that it was Leachy, the way he goes about his business. He's got his just glasses on. He's cleaning his glasses, yeah. He's giving his glasses Winding them up. Um, it just, I think, just added to the theatre, didn't it? It was, uh, yeah. it was amazing. So, moving on to 2022. Your second yeah. World Cup win, um, Australia played every game in that in that competition. Um, yeah. th- probably the highlight for me, uh, the final was, I think, a pretty comfortable win, wasn't it? As it turned out, but yeah. the, the semi final, the the Butler Hales, yeah. hundred and seventy, just again, to, to, you must you must feel so lucky. Not only have you contributed to some of the most iconic moments of British English cricket, but you've also yeah. sat in the dressing room and had the best view of a lot of yeah. these iconic yeah. moments and you've get to welcome these players back in. Yeah. I mean, to just sit there and watch them demolish India, again, yeah. probably one of the best, as they proved you know, up until the final this time, one of the best one-day sides in the world apart from England. It's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, that, that that that's up there with one of the, my my favourite games of cricket as well, especially from a T Twenty perspective. I think, you know, to take on India, who you know, regardless of where you're playing them, they're they're generally always favourites. You know, they they kind of own the T Twenty yeah. game, don't they? Because of the IPL yeah. and, um, you know, they've got such fantastic players. Like they, they are just on the depth they have and the quality of players they have, particularly from a batting perspective, is just on a whole new level. And we, I mean. We knew we could beat them because we, we we feel we could beat anyone in the world. Like we're, we're that sort of team that know that on our day we'll beat anyone. But and that confidence is there. But you just always know that India are are probably the best. Um, and we knew on that day everyone was thinking, you know, you got to win the toss and bat first. And it was the perfect scenario for us. We knew what we wanted to do. We had a game plan. It was to win the toss bowl because we knew that actually yeah. their top order are a bit conservative in terms of. T20 cricket. They like old-fashioned, isn't it? Yeah, they liked, and they changed it this World Cup when, when we played yeah. uh, the recent World Cup. But in in, in, in history and tradition, it's they kind of like they like to get themselves yeah. in and then build up for for a big finish. Keep wickets in the hutch, yeah. Yeah, and we knew that you know if they you know if we kept them to what we did, which was between probably one sixty and one eighty, we we could easily chase it down with what with with the team that we had. Whereas if we'd have batted first and got two hundred or two ten, yeah. They know what they've got to go and get, and they've got the the, the bat in order to to do it. But um, yeah, so it, we executed the game plan perfectly. We bowled really well, kept them to one seventy odd or whatever it was, and and Housley and and Josh just, uh, as you say, to to watch that from the dressing room, mate, it was surreal. It really was. It was just amazing to see him 
pick them apart and to see them kind of disintegrate towards the end was was quite nice yeah another team that i'll never uh, feel sad watching fall apart you've all, you've probably already answered this to be honest but what does it feel like to play in a team that's basically like invincible which that t20 and you know from the reboot when when sort of Owen Morgan, who, who I absolutely yeah. adore, you know, he decided yeah. that we were going to play this way. Um, to, to create a legacy like they did and you did, playing this way for the T20 and the 50-over game, what's it like playing in a team where you basically know that as long as you're all where you normally are, you're going to destroy yeah. everyone? Yeah. And I think it's we, been we, incredible yeah, feeling. It, it was incredible. I think we were, uh, there was a period throughout that, you know, 2016, 2020, 2020 probably or 2021 where we were just in a in a period where we just knew that if we were to turn up and and deliver probably you know anywhere near 80 percent of our best we'd, we'd come out on top which is just an amazing place to be as a team because you know don't get me wrong we we worked hard at our game we did a lot of research on what we needed to do we, we trained hard you know we took training to a whole new level in terms of pushing each other and things like that but we knew that once we went out there, if we were to get anywhere close to our best, we we just destroy teams, and it was such a nice place to be because you knew that, as you said, if if not one of you come off, someone else would, um, and it was just in that in that sort of period was just a great great place to be. And as you said, for, for almost now, you still kind of feel you know a bit of a privilege and an honour to have been a part of what is comfortably England's best ever white ball team to have to have graced the field Without um, you know still Without doesn't question. really probably sink in really to think that you know it'll probably after you retired won't it i think yeah absolutely absolutely i think you know there'll be times when we were all retired as a group and think look back on you know that that 2019 and 2022 and just you know relive those memories wow. together will be really nice yeah i know we i was talking like you came in and I was talking to you just before you went to, to the West Indies and, and obviously the, the, yeah. I won't dwell on it too much but the, the last World Cup but it was a disappointment and I'm sure all the yeah. players would, would say it, it was a disappointment and it didn't go anywhere near what you would have all hoped to have done and you know I'm on social media and, and I'm I'm just a fan so I can re- reply to yeah. a lot of the, the, the negativity that was being thrown about yeah. and my, my point of view has always been that that, that teams not just cricket teams but all kinds of teams are cyclical and you know it just happened that I think that team's coming towards the end of its cycle and, and the fact they've won two World Cups I think you can't take your, 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 your mind off that it, it is a phenomenal yeah. team and it didn't work out for whatever reason uh, would you like to say anything on that? Yeah I think I think with regards to the World Cup you know we kind of went in you know with, with high hopes as well um, yeah. you know I think in a way, we kind of made a bit of a rod for our own back by being, yeah. you know, so good over that long period of time, over a you know six, seven, eight year window where people just expected, and we probably weren't yeah. quite where we'd have liked to have been as a team. You know, it'd be nice to have been going into that that comp with probably a bit more confidence and a bit more, I suppose, a few more wins under our belt. You know, in that format, and you know. It's not. It's not an excuse. There's, there's a lot of you know reasons as to why we didn't perform well. You know, we as players hold our hands up and we weren't weren't good enough over that particular start of the competition, which which stuffed us. But it, you know, like you said, I think good things all have to come to to a close at some point. It just shows how hard World Cups are are to win. You know, very lucky to have won that 2019 and 2022. Yeah. But you know, they're certainly not easy things to win. And no. um, you know, we were below par and. And got found out, which is you know it's a shame. But 
it just means that you know whenever the next one comes around it gives you that little bit more hunger to, to get it right and be up, up challenging again I think that's a, excellent yeah um, right I've got just the ashes to talk about this now and then uh, I don't want to keep yeah, it yeah, too long um, uh, this year's ashes obviously um, yeah the first two tests, for people that don't know, you, you didn't play in, um, yeah. and we lost them both, uh, although I do think we could have won both of them as well. I think it was such an amazing yeah. test series. Um, so a couple of questions about the first two tests. I know he wasn't you know, playing in them, but the, the declaration was a massive talking point at Edgebaston. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Your thoughts on that? Um, yeah. And it took really an amazing innings from Pat Cummins to win it at the end. So I think we could have won that, to be honest. Uh, so what were your thoughts on that one? Yeah, I think with the declaration, I think it was, um, you know, it's easy to look back on it on hindsight and think, you know, it was, you know, a bit of a road decision and, you know, easy to say it was the wrong decision. But what has got that team to where it is, is by making those sorts of decisions, you know, decisions yeah. where Stokes really believes in them, um, you know, and, I think where Stokes' head was at was, I'm going to declare here because I think he actually did, and he will happily me, me saying this as well, is he did kind of double, double like sort of guess himself and he thought to himself, should I or shouldn't I do it? And yeah. I think what made him, um, you know, go through with it was he was like, if it was any other game or any other team bar Australia yeah. and the Ashes series, would Ashes, I do it? Yeah. And the answer was yes. And he was like, well, I'm not going to play it any other way. Then I'm going to stick to my guns. I'm going to do it. And I think his thinking was always the positive spin on it, which was, look, we're going to get five or six overs at, tonight, yep. at, at Warner. Brody's going to nick him off, and you know it's going to put put them on, yeah, exactly, and put them on the back yeah. foot from yeah, day yeah. one. You know, he just thought we'd 100% do that, and you know, naturally, when it doesn't happen, you know, it's easy to sit on that side of the fence and say it was was a poor decision. But you know, he he's happy to live by it. He's happy to put his hand up and say, yeah. look. I made the decision. It didn't work. We move on, um, you know, and and that's what's served the test team well since he's taken over. So, you know, if if that's the one mistake he's made, then he's happy to, but to, I, to hold. I, his- I, I'm I'm totally with you, and and I've backed the team. I went to three out of the five test matches this summer. Yeah. And I enjoyed every minute of it, and I I fully back England, and I do it on Twitter. I'm back them. To the hills, yeah. even when I probably shouldn't be, I back him, and and I thought yeah. it was the right decision. I totally understand why he did it, and as I say, it was only an amazing innings from Pat Cummings at the end of the day that that won yeah, it for yeah. them. And the same yeah. with the second test um, at Lords, you know, Stokes unbelievable, hundred and fifty five, I think it was, um, and they went on to lose that game, unfortunately. Um, so when you got brought in at Headingley, what was yeah. the, the sort of pre-match Headingley, knowing we were two down in a five-match series? I, I, again, I probably know what the answer is, but the the, the, yeah. the the way of going about it was exactly the same as we went about it the first two tests and, and just carry on. Yeah, that's it. I think that, you know, as you, you've touched on with Brendan and Stokes, it was, you know, we've lost two games in cricket. You know, we're not going to change the way we're playing here. Um, you know, obviously they made a couple of changes um, from a personnel point of view. I came in, Woody came in. Um, but the message was still clear. You know, we play exactly the same way. We take the the aggressive option, um, you know, and, and I think there was a sense of feeling and uh, within the dressing room that even though we were 2-0 down, and as you've probably touched on there, we probably shouldn't have been, and it felt like no. we're doing the right things here. We, you know, yeah. we're not far off. We could Small easily margins. be on the right side of those results. And, um, you know, if we play anywhere near we have been, 
but maybe with a couple of um, you know moments that go our way, we can you know get 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 one over on the Aussies here. And um, that was the message, mate. Really, other than yeah. you know the changes was to go out there, play the way we are, um, you know, and keep putting them on the back foot. And I think we'd clearly rattled their cage, even though they were tuning up with the way they were going about their business in terms of the fields they were setting. They were constantly on the defensive side of things. I think Brendan in particular was like, the, the tide's going to change. He was convinced that, you know, this this tide in terms of results is going to change and just stick to what, stick to the guns, stick to the process. And, uh, you know, he was right, wasn't he? It, it wasn't a tide, mate. It was a tsunami. And that tsunami was called Mark Wood <laughs> and Chris Wokes. That's what changed the uh, Yeah, the, well, that's the tide. The thing. Woody, Woody keeps doing it. Whenever he did an interview after the Ashes, he was just like, well, me and Wokes here won 2-0, so that's all that matters. <laughs> that's it, yeah. You could just say 2-0. But, yeah. again, I was in the stands when uh, when Woody had that first spell. Um, yeah. I have never seen anything like that in my life. I've been going yeah. to watch cricket for many years. I started watching it when my granddad started watching it with me. I have never seen a spell like that in my life. Yeah. I mean, I'm not yeah. nowhere near professional cricket. I never have been, never will yeah. be. But would you want to face him when he's bowling oh, like absolutely that? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I no Just ridiculous. I mean, 95 mile an hour is, is something less. I'll try and give you a, a bit of perspective on, on on the difference between speeds. Is When someone bowls you know, roughly my sort of speed, which is between 80 and 85 mile an hour, roughly most of the time, maybe 86, 87 on a, on a really good day. Go but, um, but roughly around that, the difference between bowling 80 and 85 is, you know, is, it, there's obviously five mile an hour difference. And yeah. it's, you can tell the difference. But when someone goes up to 90 and to 95, that, that gap, the five mile an hour feels like 15. Yeah. It, it really does make it feel so, so fast um, in comparison to bowling at 85 or 90. And like you said, I think I would really, you know, push anyone who's not been to a game of cricket before and maybe doesn't yeah. overly, you know, like it or yeah. maybe they do like it but haven't been to a live game. I would yeah. really suggest them to no. get down to a live game because the speed of the game, watching it live, is completely different to watching totally it on TV. Agree. TV slows everything down and makes it look almost relatively easy, doesn't it? It's football yeah. very simple. You know, the speed of the game is ridiculous. Do you know what one of the first things that I noticed when I went to my first game at Warwick, I'm a Warwickshire fan, you bears, um, yeah. was it wasn't the pace bowlers' pace. Okay. Yeah, it was yeah. the spinners. Spin how pace, quick yeah. the spinners went. Because you just on telly, you just think they're just this lo little yeah, loping, boom, and it's going to be yeah. down, bounce. And you can, it, the spin, I like uh, Moeen Ali and, and, and Adil Rashid, one of my favourite bowlers yeah. of all time. The speed that that ball comes down and it's spinning yeah. on the telly, you don't get that that, that perception, do you? And, and that was yeah. one of the, the yeah. Completely different perception, you're right. It's, you know, they're still, if you side on, watching a spinner bowl live, you still barely see it, don't you? You still barely see yeah, the yeah. ball, really. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely uh, it's, it's quicker than people think. So, to do, one other thing that happened in the Ashes, I'll just quickly, I keep saying quickly, I'm so sorry for keeping That's you this right, long. Mate. It's um, absolutely fine. Talk about um, the Ashes long if you want. Yeah. To. Um, was the Bear Stowe uh, Carey stumping? Yeah, of course. Course. You know, where how was Johnny? Where, how yeah, do you I mean, sit with it? And, and did Johnny want to rip his head off afterwards? Yeah, I mean, Johnny's, Johnny sees red mist pretty easily as well. So yeah, it couldn't yeah, have happened to a, a worse player, really. Um, but I actually, so I was I was there for day one 
um, of the test match and obviously we didn't play in the game. So I actually went home. They, uh, Brendan was like, you know, go and get a couple of days at home, do your training at Edgebaston um, and spend some time at home, which was, you know, really, again, good man management from his side of things. Um, and uh, so I missed, I missed the, the incident really, especially when I obviously wasn't at Lord's. And I actually, yeah. you know, I, I turned my phone on and Twitter was going nuts. I was like, what the hell's going on here sort of thing? Obviously watched it back and, you know, I, I think the thing that kind of doesn't help Johnny is the build-up. So kind of he was clearly doing it for an over or two prior and they yeah. were kind of basically waiting for him to, to, to make a mistake. And he almost were like, they'd, they'd warned him almost in a way, um, which didn't help his, his case. Um, because let's face it, in the rules of the game, yeah, it's, out, it's, a, it's you know, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a dismissal. The only unfair. thing that I would, and this is the side I sit on it, I think the umpire should have taken it out of the captain's hands in the first place and said that it was dead ball. Because there's a picture, there's a still, yes, of yes, when Perry yeah. is about to release the ball, the umpire grabs his grabs the player, the bowler's cap. He's passing and, it back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in my in my eyes, that for me is dead ball. You know, the game, the game's dead, the, the, the over's dead, and you're moving on between overs. So, in my eyes, I think the umpire's made a bit of a mistake there. Um, from Pat Cummins' point of view, I don't blame him for just cracking on and, you know, effectively saying the rules are the rules, stay in your ground. Um, I don't we won't think talk like about the be... spirit of cricket, I think. <laughs> we'll leave yeah, that one. <laughs> I think it just it, it opens up a can of worms, doesn't it? it really yeah, does, yeah. But... Yeah, it ignited the, game, the ashes, though, didn't it? Yeah. Well, if anything, I think it just you know not that it needs to, but I think it put a little bit more fire in in our it helps us. Yeah, yeah. Um, absolutely helped us, and I think a few of their players were rattled by it a little bit, especially Kerry. I think um, you know knowing I don't know him really well, but he's actually a no. really nice fella, and um, I think obviously he copped it after that moment, and uh, I think it did rattle him a little bit. Yeah, so we move on to the fourth test, Old Trafford. Uh, again, I was yeah. I was there, and I was lucky enough to see another fantastic innings. Um, <laughs> Zach Crawley's 189. Yeah. You know, this series, honestly, it, 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 it was amazing. I know it ended up as a draw, but for people that, like you said, that don't follow cricket, and, and you know, I get yeah. it a lot, and, and I think it, it's looked down upon by a lot of people. So five days and it's a draw, you know. Yeah, <laughs> it, 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 Ashes cricket and Test cricket is the, the for me the best form of the game, and I love T Twenties. I love the blast. I love one yeah. days, you know. But but the, this series was had everything that you could want. Yeah, it was drama. It was, was theatre every day. So so getting into position where we we should and we would have gone on to win the game. You know, you you was fantastic yeah. in that game as well. Thirty six first innings, very important runs again. Three wickets. Um, the Warner wicket, which is always great, isn't it? Yeah. To see him trotting back. Uh, then we got, yeah. Then you got Warner, Kawaja, Smith, and Stark in the second innings. You know, Crawley's innings. You know, how frustrating was it then to to have rain stop play and 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 sort yeah, of yeah, frustrating, mate. Really, really frustrating. I think, um, you know, I think that's the only one thing from the Ashes you look back and think, God, if we could have just got out there for another half a day or so, or the weather hadn't have, you know affected the game we, we could have been you know sat there winners of an Ashes series having been 2-0 down it really would have been one for the ages wouldn't it um, yeah. I think that's the only sort of regret you know you just feel a little bit hard done by but you know that's that's the way it goes you know there's been many 
series in the past where we've probably got away with a draw when it's yeah, rained and yeah. you it's get away with it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so you just have to take it on the chin. That's the English weather, in particular the Manchester weather. So um, it's just unfortunate, isn't it? But yeah, we were devastated. I've never really felt a dressing room so flat, actually, after that day five yeah. and it had pretty much all day and then the, the game was called off because obviously the Aussies at that point retained the Ashes, didn't they? Yeah, um, and I think it just felt like you know they didn't really deserve it, but no. um, and obviously the dressing rooms at Old Trafford, they're they're they're, they're relatively close. You can kind of hear each other's right. dressing rooms, not from speaking, but if people are you know shouting around, and when the when the decision was made, you know their dressing room, there was a load of cheers and a load of woos uh. and stuff, and it was just like it, it just didn't go down. It didn't sit well with us, you know, the fact that it should have said best. I mean. Yeah, <laughs> no, I think he'd have, he'd have, he'd have got himself in a lot of trouble. <laughs> yeah, pretty arrested. Yeah, I, I, I missed, I missed, I mixed up these on my notes. It was the fifth test when you scored the thirty-six. So, so oh. going, so at that point, we got to the fifth test, and we needed then to win that to to save the series yeah. to be the tour. Um, and you did score thirty-six in the first innings, three wickets, and four wickets in the second innings. Yeah, what a fantastic end! I mean, I've got to bring him up, Stuart Broad. Yeah. How on earth do you write that script? I mean, I, I've got it up there. I don't know if you can see that. Uh, yeah, yeah, there. yeah. It's brilliant. I was yeah. at Trent Bridge. Was that his eight for his 15? Eight for 15. And that's my yeah, picture amazing. with him there. I stood for an hour and a half while he did about 700 interviews with the press from all over the world that day. <laughs> what an unbelievable cricketer he is. Yeah, I mean, what amazing. a way to go out as well. What I mean, must be just, the dream to again. Again, Chris, you've shared the pitch with yeah on an iconic day what was that like yeah and uh, that that day was still my people say to me you know what was your favorite day of, of the ashes series this year and you know people expect me to say headingly obviously hitting those winning runs and getting us over yeah. the line at headingly but for me that final day at the oval was just uh, as good as atmosphere as i've had in england obviously we had the broady sort of send off um i obviously bowled bowled great but me and mo i think I think me and Murray and Ali took like four or five wickets in the space of five overs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they yeah. were cruising, you know, they were cruising. I think they needed like 120 to win at one point. And me and Mo yeah. obviously been both Birmingham lads, played a yeah. lot of cricket together. It was Mo's last test match as well before he, yeah, before course, he retired. Yeah. Um, it just, oh, the atmosphere, when we were taking those wickets over after over in tandem, that's as good as, a, a, nearly as good as I felt on a, on a cricket field, I think, apart from winning the World Cup. It was just absolutely amazing um, to, to turn them over and have that sort of afternoon where it was just kind of, you know, almost the, 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 the series and the ashes are fully gone and we just managed to turn it around. And as you say, for Broadley to write his scripts and just to to change the bales and then get his ball the last wicket. Him bowling last wicket. You'll have to try that, Chris. Um, now he's retired, no, that's no. your job now. No, Next time it's not going he's, right, he's, just he's, trips um, bail. That's his moment, mate. I don't think he's cornered that. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. When did he? Did you all have an inkling he was going to retire, or did you not um, know? Did he just come in the dressing room and tell everyone? I presume he told probably Brendan and and Stokesy first. Yeah, then, I think he told Brendan and Stokesy the night before. Um, there was a little bit of talk the week before as to whether Jimmy or Brody would, would retire. Um, I knew Jimmy. Jimmy Jimmy's never going to retire. Exactly, Jimmy wants still to, Jimmy will be be running well, walking in with a with a Zimmer frame before he retires. Um, but yeah, I think there was a little bit of talk, but no one, no one, 
heard anything. So they were just like, oh, maybe he's just going to carry on. And then mid-test match, yeah, in the morning, he just he kind of called everyone in before the start of play and, and said that it was going to be his, you know, his last match. And he got a little bit emotional, actually, which, you know, I've never, ever seen Stu get yeah. get emotional. So, um, you know, obviously he, he thought long and hard about it. And But what a way for him to go out. Incredible. Um, an amazing servant to English cricket, one of the legends. And um, I feel very grateful, yeah, as you say, to, to have, you know, witnessed not only that day and, and be a part of it, but also to, to share the field with him for, for a lot of his, um, or a lot of my test career has been fully part of his. So, um, yeah, amazing. So moving up to present day, we've nearly finished. Um, you're obviously in the West Indies. We are currently, as it sits, 2-1 down with two to play, I think. One's tomorrow and one's That's Thursday, right. I think. One's tomorrow, one's um, Thursday. Yeah. Um, you've, got, you've got as well, Chris, uh, you've got, sorry, you've got... Um, Freddie Flintoff with you at the moment, haven't you? That's What's right, he? mate. Yeah. How is yeah. he? Firstly, um, hopefully he doesn't mind me asking. And the other one is, what's it like having him around? Yeah, incredible, mate. It's been amazing for, to have him around. Honestly, really incredible. I'm, you know, he's one of my my sort of heroes. Really, growing up watching the game, um, you know, he was firmly at the forefront of of the England team at the time, and um, so many fond memories of him, you know, doing what he did for England. Um, so to have him around the group, mate, has been amazing. Um, just listening to his stories, you know, little nuggets of, of wisdom. Um, you know, he, he's just, and he speaks so well as well. I think, you know, having yeah. sort of a character like him with such an aura yes, about him, um, he's been brilliant to have around and the lads are really enjoying him having around. And he is just like, honestly, infectious. for a guy to, yeah, infectious personality, but also he's just so happy to be here like he's just yeah you wouldn't he's almost in awe of us as well which i find yeah. incredible the the player he is the career he had you know i look at him as being one of the greats and you know he's almost yeah. in awe of us as players which i find that hard to fathom but um you know a great man and obviously with what he's been through yeah the last, absolutely you know 12 months or so i think it's just he, he's delighted to be here and uh we're obviously delighted to have him Man, I'm just going to stick a light on because I think... Okay, yeah. Some... You're disappearing into the background. <laughs> yeah, the sun's going down. The sun's going down in... The uh, sun's going in, down uh, the West Indies. Down. It's tough. It's tough. Tough tough for a <laughs> top-flight cricketer. Hey. Is that a bit better? That's fine, yeah. We're nearly done really. now. I promise we're nearly done. Yeah, go. just I mean, for, I mean, I, I, I'm a massive Freddie. Again, look at that. That's one of my my Freddie Flintoff sign balls there. Yeah, I, amazing. I love the bloke. I, I wish him all the best from me. I, you know, from what he's been through. I yeah. hope he's. I hope he's a permanent fixture for the England team because I think he's a phen- phenomenal addition to the to, to that as well. Um, and just want to thank you for coming on, Chris. You know, I really appreciate it. You know, you're a top bloke. You're always welcome in the spud shop for a spud. You know that. Always. Great feed um, in there, just quietly. Always. <laughs> yes. Spot. I think we need what we need to get is a Ted's shirt for underneath your shirt when you next score. You'll <laughs> get a hat trick. Um, yeah, so good luck for the rest of the series. I hope you can turn it around and I hope you play in both the games, hopefully. Thanks, mate. And then... Good luck for the rest of the season with Warwickshire. You, you presume you're coming back. What what does the next few months hold for you now after the you yeah. come back and then get ready for the new season with Warwick? Yeah, so actually, I mean, it's amazing, isn't it? You know, the current sort of climate in terms of cricket um, schedule around the world. You can play anywhere you want, really, you know, as long yeah. as someone's willing to have you. So, um, obviously, I'm not in the India tests um, in the new year. So, um, I'm going out to Dubai and playing in the T20 league there. 
Um, nice. In fact, the, the IPL auction is tomorrow, um, which I will know if I, I, I get picked up there. So then that's through um, March and April time. Oh, sorry. Just going yeah. in, sorry, the, the, the IPL auction, do you get any inkling that you're going to be picked up or is it literally just put yourself in and, and that's it? Do, you, do, you, you have a, do they contact you and say, do you fancy, you, you I know you've played for two or three of the teams, haven't you? Yeah, I have. I've, I've done three seasons in the IPL, um, three different teams. And, you know, it, it's an incredible experience playing cricket in India. It, it really is. It's just absolutely carnage. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so your, your agent does a bit of digging and speaks to teams and they kind of give you a little bit of an inkling. But they yeah. don't give too much away, really. No. They don't like to give too much about their, um, you know, too much on, the on plans, who they're yeah. at. Yeah, so um, you kind of just have to wait and see, really, see who sticks the paddle up. You're or, hopeful. Or who doesn't. Oh, I mean, I'm obviously hopeful that I'll I'll get a team, um, and I'll get I'll get picked up by someone who who knows who by and, um, but if I don't, then it means that I'll be uh, back in the UK starting the season with Warwickshire. So, either way, mate, it's a win-win. It's fantastic. Well, I'll hopefully I'll catch you at some point down at Warwick next season. Um, yeah, I'll definitely catch you when you get back, and let's hope we can make it an Aston Villa Warwickshire Championship double oh, for next season. What a year that would be! What a year eh? that would be! <laughs> so thanks yeah, ever so, so you much, heard Chris. It here first. You heard it here first on the Villa Podcast. Appreciate your time, Chris. Good luck for the rest of the series, and thanks for joining us. Cheers, Justin. Thanks for having me on, mate. 